0: Can you believe it? Just like last week, it started raining as we were in worship. I really pray that it's prophetic of the grace of God being poured out in a deluge of the Holy Spirit in reviving, awakening power coming to not only South Africa but to all of the world as well. Now, I just want to review last week. You know, I I pack a lot of material in, but the nice thing is then it's recorded. You can go back and you can listen to it again. But otherwise, just sit back, enjoy, but really listen, and just let the Word wash over you, the power of His Word. I touched on it last week. It was the second part in the series for, you know, 2021. And I want to just continue talking a little bit about with the fact that we need to awaken to the new creation reality, the power of the new creation. And that is us, because we are new creatures in Christ. Last week, I touched on just by way of reminder, God's purpose is a kingdom. And uh, by His blood, Revelations 1, Revelations 5, He redeemed us to be kings and priests. And Revelation 5 says to rule on this earth. And so he doesn't want us to fly away. He doesn't want to take us out of the world. You know, uh, those that have gone to sleep and are in the Lord, they will be coming back to join those who are alive on earth with Christ, and we are to rule and reign on this earth. And I spoke a little bit about the first world, the first heaven and earth, second earth, second heaven and earth, third world, third heaven and earth, and that's where we are now, and this world, according to Paul in Ephesians 3.21 is a world without end. And also all the prophecies spread out from numbers all the way through the Bible, even into 1 Peter chapter 1, first the sufferings and then the glory. This glory, the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. A prophecy that we haven't seen yet. We've seen it in dribs and drabs, in revivals and awakenings. But there is coming something. Of glory to cover the face of this planet the glory is the image and the image is shown forth by sons or is you know sons standing up in full stature filled with the spirit that is the new creation and we need to awaken to it awaken to the reality of the new creation that's who we are now it's very interesting only twice in the new testament yet the New Testament is full of it. You can read all of the epistles and the pastoral letters. You can go right through the New Testament. And you can see the reality of the new creation. But Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Oh, my word, I've been enjoying 2 Corinthians all over again. You, know, you read chapter 1. There's some greetings. You read chapter 2, Paul's plans. And then there's also the restoration of the man that sinned. You go into chapter 3 you know, chapter two ends that we are led in a triumphal procession in glory. And then chapter three starts, oh my goodness, that, you know, we are ministers of the new covenant. We are not ministers of the letter or the ministry of condemnation because we've been transformed by the glory. And uh, what a powerful powerful scripture that we are living epistles paul says known and read of all one translation says manifest we are manifest so paul is saying it's not by hands on stone but it's by the spirit of god on flesh hearts that god's word is written god's law is written his principles so we have new hearts that carries his word and this tablet, this epistle, carries greater glory than the former. That's chapter 3. Chapter 4 starts with, man, you know, God who said, let light shine out of darkness, shine into our hearts. And so, wow, really powerful passages. Then you get to chapter 5. Oh, my goodness. It is so awesome. But down in verse 17, you need to go and read it. It's just brilliant. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he, she, is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, if you remember the message last week, I talked to you about Isaiah's prophecy of everything new. You know, even now springing forth, do you not perceive it? You know, don't remember the former things. They're past. There's a new thing coming. And of course, John says in Revelation 21 new heaven, new earth. And now Paul says we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. I touched on it. The third world with the new heaven and earth, which is the home of the righteous, needed new citizens to occupy that world. And so God made new creatures and new creation. And he says the oldest past, including everything of the past, which means, you know, all of the law things passed, the Mosaic law. And that's why Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Moses put a veil on his face. The NIV and the King James says more or less the same words so that the Israelites could not see the end of the thing that was fading because it was symbolic, it was prophetic. That glory could not last. All it could do was decline and he didn't want them to see the end. Now Paul tells us in Romans that Christ is the end of the law but he's also the beginning of the new so we are being transformed with ever increasing glory of which there's no end ever increasing glory into his image and to his likeness as we behold the image of god in the face of christ such powerful verses now really it's really amazing isn't it so the second reference is in galatians 6 15 paul says you know, in Christ Jesus, it's neither circumcision or uncircumcision that availeth anything. He says, but the new creature. So in other words, Jew and Gentile, together, if we are in Christ, we are new creatures. Isn't it really amazing? The Bible is, God is concise with these words. God doesn't jabber, <laughs> you know. God doesn't get excused, the phrase, verbal diarrhea. He doesn't you know, spout and spout and spout. He's so concise with his words. It's almost as if God writes in shorthand and uh, gives us a lot in a few words. And that's why we need to search out the scriptures and spend time meditating on it and studying it. It's almost like his sentences, the words... The construction its almost impossible to determine by human intellect. We really need a revelation of the Spirit. Like this, for example. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is, she is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And, you know, it's not only your life. And it's not only the old things in your life. It's everything concerning even the law. All of those things passed away. So... We are new creatures for a new heaven and a new earth. So I just want to say this. When the Bible says that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, He didn't take us in panel beat and spray paint and redo the wiring. You know, He didn't just refurbish us. He completely recreated us brand new. And we've got to see that. We were reborn, we were recreated. And it's so powerful. So just like the first creation, I mean, you read in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. So I'm just going to parallel the two creations, the natural first creation. And then I'm going to, you know, just contrast and compare just a little bit with who we are, the new creation and that whole new created order. It's absolutely powerful. Now, the new creation, Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God and God said and God said and God said, you know, man had nothing to do with it. And it's very much true that our salvation is all a work of God. Everything. We don't contribute to anything. We don't do anything. The only thing we can do is respond in faith and love. That's the only response that we can bring to this. All this is from God. It's to be in christ is god's work and god's work only so listen to what second corinthians 5 18 19 says so that's just after the verse verse 17 so the fact that we're new creatures old as god new has come paul continues to say all this is from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry Woo! of reconciliation you know when you got born again you were born again into a ministry and so he says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation now I just need to repeat that because the way some preachers preach they preach as if God is still counting people's sins against them it's, it's really, this, it's, look, it's amazing. This will blow you away. There's, there's a whole teaching on this. But God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, the world, the whole world, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Isn't it amazing that potentially the entire world is forgiven because of the sacrifice of Jesus? All they need to do is know that, and respond to him in faith and come to him in love and walk in a relationship with him so this whole thing and that's you know what some people can't get a hold of is the simplicity of all of this truth is appropriated is taken on board we enter into it simply by faith that's it and paul tells us that for it is by grace you have been saved through faith And this not of yourselves, not of works, so that no one can boast. And um, it is absolutely, absolutely powerful. And then also in John chapter 1, this is one of my favorite verses. John chapter 1 verse 12, you know, He came to His own, His own received Him not, but to as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to be or become the sons of God. Now concerning the sons of God, listen to what He says. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. So in other words, not of, you know, we don't basically trace our ancestry from our fathers, nor by their decision or act. He says, nor the will of a man. He says, but we were born of God. I mean, how awesome is that? You know, if we can awaken, and that's my theme for this first part of the year, is to awaken to these realities. I think COVID has challenged us and shaken a little bit of stuff, you know. But I know that you're standing firm. Paul said that to uh, one of the churches that he wrote, and he said, I'm delighted to see how firm you're standing, and you're standing firm. And so we were born again, and it's all by faith. So let's just start paralleling us as a new creation with the physical creation. So, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 tells us this. We are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So, there we are. So, the physical creation was God's workmanship, and he fit the world for us to live in. But that world basically was destroyed by flood and then later by fire. And now it stands, but we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now I just want to point out to you, and I think already many of you have cottoned onto it, and that is this: that the old Adamic creation was not in Christ. So when Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 that we are new creatures, he was talking about really us as believers. So it was not in Christ and uh, so he was speaking of the old creation the old creation was created by Christ we see that he's the mediator we see many verses that it was created through him by him and for him so in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 we read it was the beginning in the beginning god created so so this was moses book of creation and we specifically see it in genesis chapter 5 verse 1 when Moses writing because of the revelation he got, and he writes in because there's a table of basically the genealogy of Adam, and he says, "This is the book of the generation or generations or the creation, you know, basically of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him." So the book of the generations was now. Look at the result of the creation. Of adam and subsequent people that came from him but matthew chapter 1 verse 1 opens with a different book and um, we read this in matthew 1 verse 1 the book of the generation and you could equally put it in bracket and say the book of the creation of jesus christ the son of david the son of abram because that's where we get our genealogy from so we are no longer in adam we are in christ so the book of the generation adam the first created order. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ? Yeah, no. now comes the new creation, the second created order. And I, I, I just want you to know the second creation is more powerful than the first because the first was foul and was subject to f- decay and frustration. The second is a new creation. And the new creation is going to redeem the first creation. Isn't that awesome? So John's gospel starts like this john chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god isn't it amazing genesis 1 verse 1 in the beginning god so we see these parallels of the two creations but we are new creatures in christ it's very interesting that the last words of jesus is in john chapter 19 verse 3 and he says it is finished so the new creation was finished it's amazing that it parallels god's word when all of creation was finished and he looked back and he saw that it was good or that it was very good and so this is another way of um you know we could put some words in there jesus said it's finished and then he looked ahead um to us and he says it's good i think that's awesome so john's gospel continues Genesis 2 verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. But the, John's gospel is, is really an amazing gospel, as they all are. John only records seven miracles of Jesus, starting in John chapter 2 with the miracle of watering to wine at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. But he only lists seven miracles. And um, there's actually an eighth, but you know, it, it, not in the order of those seven. So there's seven miracles they're representative miracles. In other words, if God can do this or if Jesus can do this, he can do anything. So there's only seven miracles. Is it not interesting that all of creation was created in six days and God rested the seventh? So the parallel is the seven miracles that Jesus did in the gospel of John is like that first creation week. And so here's the seven miracles. And so he's talking of like a new creation that Jesus is establishing. But the amazing thing is that the resurrection of Jesus implies the eighth miracle. And in John chapter 20, twice, in verse 1 and verse 19, the reference is that Jesus was resurrected on the first day of the week. Now, very interesting. The eighth miracle, eight symbolizes the beginning of something new a new creation a new order a new day and so in other words jesus was raised on the first day of the week so that completed the first creation and he was establishing the second creation wow the other thing about the resurrection of jesus of course it took place out of a tomb which was in a garden and i've preached this message how eden was restored in jesus because much of what jesus did was in a garden in a garden in a garden he was betrayed in a garden he often used to go and pray in the garden and uh so he was buried in the garden he was resurrected obviously logically therefore in the garden and um you know mary magdalene runs down to the tomb to have a look in and she can't see it it's empty she's weeping in the garden and then you know she sees jesus and then assuming him to be the gardener (laughs) oh wow Well, God was the gardener in the garden of Eden. But Jesus now, in this garden, stands up as the gardener. And, uh, you know, when he said Mary, then he recognized her. Uh, It's so awesome. The emphasis on the garden is amazing. Also, in John chapter 20 and verse 21, we're paralleling the two creations. I'm trying to show you how powerful you are. Because you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. In John chapter 20, verse 21-22, you believe in God. You believe, you know, basically, he said, in the same way God sent me, I'm sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's John 20, verse 22. And what happened then? Not only was the church born, but the new creatures in Christ were born and established, this group of disciples, and of course later to be completed, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. It's interesting to me that, you know, Genesis 2, 7 talks about the fact that God breathed into the man that he formed, and uh, he stood up a living soul, not a spirit, a living soul. But in Malachi chapter 2, verse 15, God talking about divorce not being his will, because he wants godly offspring, because through godly parents godly children are born and that was his plan and so divorces you know um, it just hurts that but it tells us malachi tells us that god kept a residue of his spirit for the new creation order he kept a residue so he didn't blow all of his breath into adam and so now the residue was blown out by jesus on the disciples um, that were hiding away And the new creation was started. Man, that's really awesome. The story of the two disciples. wrote road to Emmaus. When Jesus broke the bread, the Bible says their eyes were opened because they could not recognize Jesus. Their eyes were opened. This is a complete parallel to Adam and Eve in Genesis 2-7 when their eyes were opened in a sense that they saw that they were sinners. and, And knowing good and evil. God only wanted them to know good. And so there was the opening of the eyes. Of course second corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 that great passage that i refer to genesis chapter 1 verse 2 tells us this in verse 3 the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and god said let there be light so second corinthians 4 verse 6 says for god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of Christ so God lives in unapproachable light yes but it also tells us that he's in darkness because then that's the backdrop for the light so out of darkness he speaks forth and shines forth his light so now just like the first creation God said let there be light it was only I think on day four that God created the sun and the moon but God created in light so when Jesus came into the world John tells us that this life was the light of men And so Jesus came as the light of the world. So he came in light first before speaking and saying, let there be light which shone into our hearts. So God always creates in light. And so he shone his light into our hearts. Can you see the parallels? But the earth, it tells us, was without form. It was void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. It was without form. It was void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Amazingly, you know, before you and I were born again, before we trusted Jesus, our lives were without form. They were void or they were empty. And darkness was on the face of the deep. So Paul says this, Galatians 4.19, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Oh, man, that's so powerful. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, till we all come to the knowledge, to the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God becoming mature, attaining to the the new man, the full stature of Christ, You know, the full measure of Christ unto the perfect man. That's the form that has been put inside of us. In Ephesians 3.19, so we were void, not only without form, but we were void, we were empty. Paul tells us in Ephesians 3.19 to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Listen, what happened to you when you got born again? You were empty and God filled you. God filled your life. He filled you with his precious Holy Spirit. And uh, if we do not have the Spirit of Christ, then we're none of his. But when the moment we said, Jesus, I believe in you, when we received him, He came in and filled our lives. Yes, we were in darkness. And of course, there's many scriptures for all of these. We were in darkness. But Ephesians 5, 9 says, For you once were darkness. Colossians, Paul tells us that we were in the kingdom of darkness, but he extricated us. There was a power extraction, and he brought us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son of his love. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So, I want to just continue a little bit. I don't want to take too long and say too much. But I just want to bring it up next time I preach. I want to just talk a little bit more about these new creation realities. About who you and I are. You know that this, the new creatures in Christ, you and I, the new creation. Man, it's powerful. It's glorious. If we can understand who we are in Christ, we need to awaken to that. So the first thing is... Before we knew Jesus, we were without Christ, we were not a new creation. But now that we're a new creation, we're in Christ. So the first thing I want to talk about is the believer's position. The believer's position. Where are we? while well, we are in Christ. The second thing is the believer's character. Now from being in Christ, we have a new character, which is the fact that we are new creatures. And I. I just want to mention that there are three stages for us as Christians. The first one is without Christ. Then there's the process with Christ. And then what happens is we end up, or we become in Christ. So without Christ, we know. But let me just talk about with Christ. With Christ. With Christ, there's a lot of co. There's a lot of joining. So Paul tells us in galatians two twenty, and i you know i was surprised to find this i mean i was going through it and underlining it but this is it he says i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ liveth in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself up for me i'm crucified with christ there was this and i preached a message on it some time ago a year two years ago but The fact that a lot of the ancient theologians, the early theologians, talked about this mystical or mysterious union. And we come, through our faith in the Lord Jesus, we come into this mystical union, this mysterious union, this union with Christ, which is a mystery. And so we were crucified with him. And then in Romans chapter 6, verse 8, Paul says, Now if we be dead with Christ, (laughs) so we were crucified with him, we died with him, He says, we believe that we shall also live with him, with Christ. I mean, that's amazing. Ephesians 2, 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. So we were crucified. We were dead. In a sense, you could say we were buried. And then we were quickened with him. When he was quickened, when he was raised, we were. even though it was 2,000 years ago, the potential was we were raised with him. And when we believe in him and receive him, we experience that raise, that resurrection, that being lifted up. And so, wow, man, this is really, really amazing. And then, of course, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, For ye are dead, and your life is now hid with Christ in God, with him. Man, this is glorious. Just like last week, there's certain points when I get to when I'm preaching, I'm just goosebumps and oh, god bumps Colossians 2:20 Wherefore, for if you be dead with Christ From the rudiments, that's the rudimentary principles of the law of the world. Why is there living in the world? Are you subject to its ordinance? Why? Because we died with Christ. So there's a new command, and that command is love, which sums up all of the others. Oh, man. So let's just remind ourselves of the co. So we co-died with Christ. We co-buried with Christ. We were co-resurrected with Christ, co-joined with Christ, co-raised with Christ. Now we are co-seated with him in heavenly realms. And guess what? This new creation, you, new creatures in Christ, co-rule, co-reign with Christ because you are co-with him in inheritance and co-with him in authority. Man, man, glory. That's really awesome. So the new creation is to redeem the old creation. So in Genesis chapter 3, 17 to 19, when uh, God came and spoke to Adam and he said, because you listened to your wife, I just need to repeat that, because you listen to your wife, Husbands, be careful. <laughs> just joking, just joking. Because you listen to your wife because she was telling him to eat what God told him not to eat. And I know that you wives, ACF wives, are much better than that. You will say, Honey, you eat that fruit and I'm going to slap you. And uh, something like that. And uh, to Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Now I want to tell you that that was Adam. You are not dust. You are spiritual. I'll show you those verses, but I just want to tell you the ground will produce thorns and thistles. It's interesting that in Isaiah 55, you know, God saying, "My thoughts are not your thoughts." As you know, it's higher than yours. So is the word that goes out of mouth will not return void. He says, "Without bringing forth a harvest," and then he talks about the sign that's for the Lord's renowned, and he talks about briars. And thistles or thorns and thistles, and he says, "And instead of them there will be the myrtle and there will be the cedar. In other words, the curse of creation is going to be redeemed. Woo! because the word came down. And so of course, by the sweat of your brow, why did Jesus have the crown of thorns on his brow was to redeem that curse. And so we don't earn by the sweat of our brow, because Jesus redeemed us from that. And so it's why all of creation is looking at us. Come on, church, you know these verses that I'm going to quote. This creation, this Adamic creation, this old creation, this previous creation, is looking at the perfect creation, the new creation, and it's crying out in travail. Romans chapter 8 18 to 24. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That includes your present sufferings during COVID. It's not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation was subject to frustration. It wants to be liberated, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself, that creation, will be liberated from its bondage to decay. And brought into the freedom and the glory of the new created children of God. Yeah, hallelujah. So not only so, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we await eagerly for our adoption to mature full sonship, which will even be the redemption of our bodies. Paul says, in this hope we were saved. Listen, the hope into which we were saved is not a rapture the hope to which we are saved is the redemption of our body's adoption to full mature sonship and that glory to be revealed through us on this earth so let's just talk very quickly we've got a couple of minutes about being in christ we were born into the old creation but we were born again into the new creation the first creation was without christ The second is with Christ. Paul says in Ephesians 2 verse 12, he says, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. Now we're in Christ. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. So now you can reverse all of that and the opposite is the truth. We're born again. As I said, not refurbished, but totally new. You see, at first, we were in Adam, and Paul tells us that, and I think that is in Romans chapter 5. That's how sin came into the world. And he talks about Adam as being our, our representative head. And so we were in Adam. We were born, and Paul starts to compare, and he says these similarities, Adam, Christ, Adam, Christ. And he says, by the transgression of one, judgment, sin, death came unto all of us. But then by one man's obedience, righteousness, so I'm going to add words, forgiveness, justification came onto us all. And he says, the gift is not like the trespass. Because it cancels all of that out. So it's glorious. You need to read those verses. And so there was the first Adam and then the last man and then the second Adam. And so Jesus was the last man in that order, but of course he was the new Adam, the new man in the new creation order. And you can read that in First Corinthians chapter 15 because it says the spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. Come on, remember I said you are not dust dust means naturalness you know it's interesting that when jesus cursed the serpent he said you'll crawl on your belly and you'll eat dust in other words he can only influence and act on those who are natural people of the dust of the earth but you are not natural you are spiritual so you have been lifted into the heavenly realms you are so far above the serpent and if we live in that realm in the spirit satan can have no influence on you and so The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. And as was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, the natural creation. And as the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. So we are now of heaven. Although we are new creatures, we live in the new heaven, the new earth, we are of heaven. We owe our origins from there, but yet we dwell on earth. But we live in heavenly realms as was the earthly man so those are of the earth and as is the heavenly man so are those who are of heaven and just as we have borne the image of the earthly man so shall we bear and we do the image of the earthly man and remember in genesis 1 to 27 god said let us make man in our image and our likeness first man he never ever received the likeness he just had the image he lost the likeness now in christ image likeness has been restored wow let's just talk a little bit more about it for the next four minutes or so let's just have a look at it what does it mean to be in christ well we looked at already that we're not in adam or in christ so come on church there's no generational curses there's no sin and we don't carry the nature of adam because Peter tells us in 2 Peter that through his great and precious promises along with his divine power, we participate in the divine nature. So we have, we have his divine nature. So we don't have the nature of Adam because we were made completely new. We were born there, but we were born again in Christ. And so we mentioned that, but it's also, we've got to just go back to Noah's ark. You know, which represented salvation in which only eight people were saved, but also, you know, all of the plants, animals and things like that, or animals, birds. And so, you know, um, it was made by instruction from God. And when um, Noah and his family were inside, God shut the door and it could only be opened at the right time. But it represented salvation. And the interesting thing, if you're in Christ, you are not subject to the judgment. Come on, therefore, all the bad news judgment preachers, you're not subject to judgment. He was above the judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment, the Bible tells us. And so this protection, this freedom from a negative judgment, from from being condemned, and it's really powerful. That's a whole message. But then we can also go, and we can jump from Genesis, we can go all the way to the Gospel of John again, and we can flip over the pages, go to John chapter 15, And Jesus talking about his father's house, you know, not a mansion in heaven, but the father of the house, that there's place for many sons in the father. That's one. Uh, John 15, he then changes the picture dramatically and he starts to talk about a vine, a grapevine. And he talks about the fact that We need to abide in Christ. In other words, we need to be in union with him, just like the branch is in the vine. And everything that is in the vine, the stem, is in the branches. And the branches automatically produce fruit because the same sap, the same vitality, the same life force that is in the vine is in the branches which produces the fruit. And he says all we have to do is abide in Christ. So we abide in Christ by being in a relationship with him through faith and love, and uh you know loving his word and his word being in us and and so that's how we're his disciples we abide in the vine and um, i like what charles haddon spurgeon said the prince of preachers he said this there is a mysterious union between christ and his people not to be explained but to be enjoyed not to be defined but to be experienced man that's so good there's another picture as we're coming to a close another picture that we can use because the bible tells us that we are god's field so he's the gardener so the vine would fit in there but it also says that we are his building so we're his building paul tells us in ephesians 2 that we are built together also first peter living stones we are built together in him he is the foundation stone chief cornerstone the headstone. And we built up into him as living stones, cemented in, an edifice in Christ, which is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 2. And so it's a vital part. We are connected. We are connected with Christ. We are connected with one another together and individually because the stones are made out of the same material as the the foundation same image and likeness but there's structure in our lives there's order in our lives because we are stones in a building and that's what it means to be in christ now i've mentioned the word love a few times because paul tells us in galatians that the only thing that counts is love working through faith or expressing itself So love needs to be, so if we put our faith in Christ, love must be the expression. Spurgeon says this, these two, faith and love, he says, results in blessed sweet communion. He says, these two become the double channels through which the Holy Spirit's influence flows forth daily, making the believer to grow up more fully into Christ Jesus in all things. Listen to this, the maturer the believer comes, the more the glory. Wow. Absolutely special. And I've just paralleled some. And in the next meeting, I want to, when I preach again, I want to just talk about some of these realities. You know, because Second Corinthians 5.17, so magnificent that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, the old is gone, the new has come. And he says, and all this is from God, 18, 19, 20, 21. It says, and God made him That's Jesus who knew no sin to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. The righteousness of God, as I've said, there's many people that preach, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, righteousness of God in Christ, and they stay there. But, you know, that righteousness of God in Christ is unto something. It's unto glory. It's unto maturity. We can revel in that and then not go any further. But I want to tell you this, the righteousness of God gives us complete access to god the reason why we can be in union with god because i'm going to just say it like this the implication is scriptures we are as righteous as god because he's made us the righteousness of god in christ jesus so if we are in christ and we are hid in god what it means then is that we have total access to god and not only that we can just come into his presence know that we have access to him to his being to all who he is, all that he's done for us. We've got complete access. And Paul tells us that in Ephesians. He says, we all have been given by one spirit access to God himself. Come on, church. I'm just trusting that this will bless you. I'm trusting... That somehow you will awaken to who you really are in Christ. We're not beneath, we're above. We're not behind, we're ahead. Come on, we are not under circumstances, we are above circumstances. We are not cursed, we are highly blessed. We are uncursable. Come on, we have been given everything. Paul says to the Corinthian church, he said, you know, I envy you. He said, because you're kings, you've got everything. <laughs> he was saying, you know, we're the servants, we're laying down our lives to serve you. But look what it's done, you're kings, you rule and reign reign in authority you lack nothing so come on church i'm going to just read some verses as we close colossians 1 5 to 19 here you can look at it as this is the old creation the adamic creation he says this who is the image talking about jesus of the invisible god the firstborn over every creature so that puts him in authority for by him were all things created Things that are in heaven, that are on earth, whether visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should dwell all the fullness of God. So that's first order created by christ jesus now here comes the second order created by christ jesus and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him i say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven and you that were sometimes alienated that were enemies in your minds by wicked works yet now hath he reconciled in the body of flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. In other words, no one can bring blame, no one can bring any charge. You are presented holy to God in his sight. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. Wowza. I mean, this is absolutely awesome. Now you could go to continue reading Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians. You could read more of Colossians. You can go even to the book of Revelation through the epistles, first and second and third, John First and second Peter. You can go and read Timothy and Titus and just see how awesome you are, the new creation realities. My prayer is that we will awaken to who we are. David said, as a natural person, filled with the Spirit, he said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Another Bible a verse, another writer in the Bible says, he doeth all things well. And I want to tell you, if we can say that about our natural state, How much more can we say that about our spiritual state as new created orders, about being sons of God, you know, earthen vessels filled with this glorious treasure. How much more can we say, yeah, we are fearfully and wonderfully remade in Christ Jesus. So come on church, let's not be under the weather, let's not be depressed and down, let's not be feeling like, you know, we're under circumstances and things like this. Let's not feel like, you know, the COVID virus is getting the better of us. Because I want to tell you, we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And as such, you're filled with his glory. So right now, you know, I was with someone a while ago. I was with them the other day. And, um, you know, they were just, they were not well. And I reminded him, his dog was sitting there with me. And the dog had its chin on my legs and he was looking up to me (laughs) with those nice big droopy eyes and uh, this friend of mine said this dog really loves you because he owes you because um, I I think I mentioned the story he keeps swallowing big rocks and I was there the one day and they were talking about the fact that You know, they've spent huge amounts of money on him. They have to operate and take the stone out because it blocks up its digestive system and then he gets extremely ill. And he was laying on the floor extremely ill and they said he's eaten another stone. And anyway, when we walked outside to go, I looked down and I was so filled with compassion for this dog. I mean, it's just this compassion rose up in my heart and i just bent down and put my hands on the dogs and I just spoke healing and life. And I even said, whatever is lacking in your body that's causing you to eat rocks that um even that god heals that jesus heals that you never eat another stone and so by that afternoon already he was eating the next day he was bright and chirpy and all has gone good up until now and here's the dog with his chin on my lap and he's just looking at me and he said this dog loves you because he owes you and you know i want to just tell you if god can heal his created order the natural creation How much more the new creatures in Christ Jesus? How much you? How much more you? How much more me? If God can take provision and take care of the birds of the air, the grass of the field, clothe them with splendor and glory, how much more his new creation, the pinnacle creation, along with Jesus, along with him we're the firstborns over all of creation. So I want to speak blessing over you right now in the name of the lord jesus may you be blessed in everything you do in all of your work in all of your play and everything that you do in the name of the lord jesus christ i speak healing and perfection to your body strengthen in might in the inner man let that flow through into your body in the name of the lord jesus now just as halga plays i just want you to just receive ministry from the lord right there where you are in your home watching this stream just bow your head just bow your head right now just reach out your hand touch the device that you're watching on whatever it is the tablet the phone just reach out your hand and if you need a touch of healing this morning come on you are fearfully and wonderfully made you a new creature in Christ Jesus the old and yeah we can include sickness yeah we can include lack because that belongs to the curse of Adam it doesn't belong in the new testament come on Just put your faith in him. The same faith that you put in him to believe for forgiveness of sins. The same faith when you say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Why don't you this morning receive him as your healer? Receive him as your provider. Receive him as your peace. Receive him as your comfort. Receive him as your strength. Receive Jesus this morning. you, Jesus. Lord, touch your people, bless your people, minister to your people, heal your people, courage your people, strengthen your people, provide for your people in Jesus' name. Bless you.